I'm always so grateful to be able to come back to Bethlehem. This church has been on such an amazing support to my family, to our ministry. I mean, I can't overstate that. It's, I'm so humbled to be here. Uh, Craig has been, and Michaela, I mean, everyone here, I'm so, so blessed, so thank you. Um, I was just with my band in uh, Brazil in January, and it was a crazy, crazy time. We were playing with a, a well-known band there called Medulla. They, if you go online, you can see they have like, you know, several million people looking at their, their videos on YouTube. And uh, we were playing there with this band, and they got radically saved on the tour. And so then they would come out in front of their fans and say, you got to listen to what these guys are saying. What they're saying is true. And, and, and then towards the end, he was actually translating my, my preaching from the stage and praying with people. It was unbelievable what God did. But also our bus, we were going down this road and they had this big steel beam across the road and it was a double-decker bus and the driver forgot that we were a double-decker bus. So he drove right into it and, and it was lucky that no one was killed and because of the uh, air conditioning unit on the top, it exploded. So now I know what it's like to be in a bomb because it was like a, an explosion and there's shrapnel everywhere. And people were cut, you know, and bruised by it. And uh, we were supposed to do this follow-up meeting. And so everyone was thinking, well, maybe we need to cancel it, you know, <laughs> because the bus just blew up. And uh, we thought, no, we can't do that. So we got some Ubers. They got everyone to, to this, uh, this uh, place in Rio where they worship the sun. And so people go there uh, because it has these beautiful sunsets and they worship the sun. And, and so this famous band played a few songs. Hundreds of people gathered. My son Ben preached and all these people gave their life to Jesus. It was amazing. But I want to show you a video of what happened uh, in January in Brazil. Political corruption is tearing through all of Brazil. It's been described as the world's largest political scandal and has led to Brazil's worst recession. 13.5 million Brazilians are unemployed and they're fed up. They feel lied to and abused by the government and they want justice. Young people in Brazil are turning to drugs, sex, and social media to find happiness. No Longer Music had the opportunity to play nine shows in three states, Sao Paulo, Paraná, and Rio de Janeiro. And we were able to proclaim the hope of Jesus to thousands of young Brazilians, and countless lives were changed. You said we would live forever, but we are hanging on by a thread. I go on yourself together but nothing lasts long in the end the subtle lie the fragile truth we drown it out in the promise of our youth but in the end we can't ignore we are living but what Todas as pessoas que estão aqui hoje is worth more than all the gold, all the money in the world. Vale muito mais do que todo ouro e todo dinheiro no mundo. You're created by a passionate God who loves you. Você é criado por um Deus que te ama. But the most important thing that He did. Mas a coisa mais importante que Ele fez. He took all the pain. 
Ele tirou toda a dor All the evil. Toda a maldade On himself. Nele mesmo When he died. Quando ele morreu he came back to life. Ele voltou à vida Because of that, E por causa disso I can be free. Eu posso ser livre How many people here tonight want this, what I'm talking about tonight? You want this freedom that Jesus can give you? Can you raise your hand so I can see? On weekends, I would go out, I would drink, I would smoke. When I came here tonight and I realized that the message was about God, I realized I can't escape this. I can't escape this message. I don't want to know. I don't want to think about my old life. I don't want to have that old life anymore. I'm going to dedicate myself only to you. Because you are all that I have. So in Steiger, we're called to uh, what we call the global youth culture. Uh, there was a, this businesswoman, she wanted to take her son around the world to see what the world was like. So she went to all these different, uh, you know, big international cities like uh, Tokyo and New York and all over the world. And she discovered that everyone was watching the same movies, playing the same video games, listening to the same music. And it's, it's uh, kind of what's going on in the world today because of globalization. You have this whole, this whole generation that's that's united, and they're also united in their skepticism and their belief that God is uh, irrelevant to their lives. Many of them, because of uh, bad things that they've seen, have rejected God altogether, and so you have a lot of people that are, that are atheists today because they have rejected, um, they've rede rejected Jesus because they think he's just a dead, empty tradition, and so God has called us to reach those people. Uh, if you If, you know, one of the things is, that's really amazing is how much people look alike today. Uh, if, you, if you were to look at this, uh, this picture right here, where would you say these people are from? Just a couple people. Where would you think they're from? Brazil. Okay, somewhere else. United States. Germany. One more guess. They're from Beirut. And so, I mean, it's crazy how, um, how people look alike today, how similar they are. And, uh, and so we have a real heart to reach this, this demographic that you find all over the world today. You know, a lot of uh, ministry today is geared towards people who are sympathetic 
to, to Jesus, you know, or they're nominal, they're not, you know, and so a lot of the, the activities in the church are geared to people like that, and, and to, so you do a lot of uh, ministry to bring them into the church, and the, the reason they come into the church is they're not hostile to the church, but more and more now you have this whole demographic that's actually anti-God. They're actually hostile to Jesus, and there's no way they would ever come to church and this group is, is becoming the predominant group today. And they're pre, for sure, it's like that here in New Zealand. And so if we're going to reach them, we need to go to them. We can't expect them to come to us. And so in our ministry, we go to their places, to their clubs, to their festivals, uh, to their, their bars, to their cafes, to bring Jesus to them. Because that's what Jesus would do, and so that's, that's what we do. And so we're reaching the apathetic, the cynical, and the anti-Christian those are the people that are our target. Uh, we do this in different ways, with no longer music, uh, with uh, what, the, what the team is doing here, reaching out to the backpackers. We have all kinds of ministries all over the world, too much to talk about. And we also partner with, with local churches when there are local churches. And a lot of the countries go, we go to, their heart, there's not any church to partner with. In that case, uh, we if we... We'll start a community house where people can come. We don't call it a church, but that's kind of what it is. But, uh, and then we have, um, like in some Muslim countries, we have people go online where they can be discipled online and then where they can find other believers that they can, they can get together with. Uh, another thing we have is Come and Live, which is a, a ministry that it challenges Christian artists to bring Jesus outside of the church. Today, a lot of Christian bands play for Christians. Or they, if they do play outside of the church, they, t they hide their message. You know, they sing about him, and everyone thinks him is their boyfriend or something. And so we want to challenge Christian bands to, to boldly go outside of the church and present Jesus and that it's possible to do it. And we have some pretty high-profile people that are part of our, our uh, Come and Live community, like Brian Head Welsh from Corn. In fact, my son Aaron is going to be in, in Tokyo next week with Brian. Korn is, is the headliner of the uh, Warp Festival there. And so uh, during that festival, he'll say, if you want to hear, more, if you want to meet Brian, come to this venue. And then we, we hire this big venue and all these people come from the Korn show come. And then Brian gives his testimony. Aaron tells him about Jesus and all these people get saved. It's really cool. So... Um, that's just one example. And also, there's this podcast, Provoke and Inspire. You need to get, our, you need to get on our podcast. If you, if you like what you're hearing tonight and you, it resonates with you, check out our podcast. Uh, also, there's books you can get. Uh, you can get this book, 10 Principles That Will Empower Christian Artists to Change the World, but it's not just for Christian artists. It's for anyone who wants to be a radical follower of Jesus uh, so there's, you know, if you go back there, you can get those books. You don't, if you, you can just steal one, you don't have to pay for them. And um, what else? Oh, yeah, we have a school in Germany. We have two schools, and we have people from 24 countries that come to our schools. It's amazing. You need to, some of you are supposed to come to our school, and, and you're supposed to come and uh, die with us somewhere around the world. And we also do this thing called Jesus in the Secular World, Maybe uh, I need to talk to Craig about that. This is a, a teaching that we do, a seminar that we do for people just to talk about how do you reach secular, these secular um, global youth culture. And we're doing that all over, the, all over the planet right now. So anyway, I was in, 
I was in Turkey in a, in a town called Tirkadak. And uh, so we, were, we drive into, this, into the town, and we, go, and we go to this one square, and we started unloading our equipment to do our concert. Now, this was a really crazy idea because Turkey is in a state of emergency. And the reason it's in a state of emergency is there was an attempted coup last summer. And because of that, the president has gotten dictatorial power, powers. And he said, no outdoor activities, performances of any kind because they're afraid of terrorism. They're afraid of another revolution. And we were planning a tour there for over a year. And so, everyone, so our tour was canceled because of this political coup and because of the state of emergency. And I'm thinking, we can't, we can't not go to Turkey. You know, I, can't, I couldn't bear the idea of, of waiting, not going there. You know, the people there are so beautiful and so hungry to know God. And I thought, I said, God, please let me go back to Turkey. You know, and I felt like God said, go. And everyone's going, but it's a state of emergency, you know. But I just felt like we had to do it. So we're unloading our equipment which is crazy because we had no permission. These were illegal street shows. So I'm, we're unloading our equipment and we're doing it right by a police station. So then the police come and they go, what are you doing? Well, we're an international band and we're gonna do a concert here. And they go, really? I said, yes. And they said, can we have our picture taken with you? So I'm with the police and they're, we're doing pictures together. And, uh, and then we start setting up our, you know, everything. And, and in our band, it's not just music, but we show in a, in a modern way uh, how Jesus died, you know, and it's a bit complicated, but we show how Jesus died and how he came back to life. This is not something you're supposed to do in a Muslim town during a state of emergency when there's no church. Trust me. So, but we did it. And then I started to preach which is not, you're not supposed to ever do that, you know? And so I'm saying, only Jesus came back to life. No one else came back to life. That, that's why he's the only one who can break the chains. He's the only one that, that can, makes it possible for, for us to have a relationship with God again. You know, and I said, he's not just a prophet, he's not just a teacher, but he is, he is alive. And because of that, I can be alive again. You know, again, you're not supposed to do that. <laughs> in, a, in Turkey during a state of emergency. And then I said, if you want to know Jesus, raise your hand. Okay. Are you kidding me? Almost everyone raised their hand, including the police, a, a policeman. And uh, he actually asked for these five DVDs and how he can know Jesus so he could give them to the other police that were working there. And so we're praying with all these people. And then this government police guy comes. And these, are the, these guys are really heavy. And he comes and he goes, what are you doing? You can't be doing this. This, is, you, this. you don't have permission. So he starts shouting and he's on his phone talking to, calling people up on his phone and he's, he's yelling at us. So we're packing our stuff as, as quickly as we can. And, and, um, and, then, and then I get a call and, and someone says, you need to get out of here because the police are looking for you. And so we're driving on all these back streets in, the, in, this, in this town so the, so the police won't find us until we got on the motorway back to Istanbul. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that, during a state of emergency, during a state of emergency in Turkey, we were able to preach to more than 4,000 people 
Almost 300 signed up for a Turkish Bible correspondence course. 157 asked if someone could personally come to their home and tell them about Jesus. This is how God wants us to live. This is what God wants, this is how he wants us to live. You know, to be a follower of Jesus is not a normal life. It's never been a normal life. It's, 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 God has called us to a supernatural life. He's called us to an extraordinary life. Every single person here is called to that. You know, it says that when we were, before we were born, when we were in our mother's womb, we were created for good works in advance. And good works are by definition things that have eternal purpose. So you don't have to ask yourself, are you called to something important, something significant? You don't have to ask yourself because you were before you were even born. But what I want to talk about tonight is what keeps so many of us from this extraordinary life that we were created to live. Okay, so you're, you know, you're going, I don't like this guy, so you leave, right? You go, and I can't, so you, you go out to the parking lot, you go, and I, I'm not gonna listen to this guy anymore. So you go out to the parking lot, and there's this guy screaming in the parking lot. Guy's going crazy. So you get on your phone and you call the police. There's a crazy guy in the parking lot. So then the police come, and they take him away. You know, they take him to prison. But he's so strong, he breaks out of the prison. And so they go and they catch him again. This time, they actually chain him down. You know, they don't, would never do that in New Zealand, but let's pretend, okay? So they chain him down, but then he's so strong, he breaks the chains. So then he goes, he escapes, and he goes out to, to a graveyard. And, this, and he's, he's got thousands of demons inside of him. And so maybe that's why he picks up these stones and he starts cutting himself. You know, like so many people today cut themselves, so he's cutting himself, and, and you're walking, you know, you're walking down the street, you know, with your girlfriend, and all of a sudden you look, and you see this, this guy running towards you with these chains, and he's cut, it, he, he's cut himself, and he's running towards you. I mean, this was the situation that Jesus was in. Here was this guy that was, was uh, scaring all the people in the village, and so they, they would take him and they would try to restrain him and they, they even tied him down, but he was so, so strong that he broke the chains. And so then he went and he was living in the tombs. And then Jesus was walking and he came, he came towards Jesus. And he was cutting himself with stones and he came towards Jesus. And Jesus recognized that he had thousands of demons in him. So he said to the demons they had to come out. And the demon said, well, would it be okay if we go in the pigs over here? Because there was a, there was a field with, with 2,000 pigs. And Jesus said, okay, go ahead. You can go in the pigs. So the demons came out of this man and went into the pigs. Now the pigs didn't like it. They didn't like having demons in them. So they all decided to jump off a cliff. There was this cliff, and there was the, like, the sea was down below, you know, and, and they, like, these rocks and everything, and so 2,000 pigs ran off the cliff. Now, think about that. 2,000. I mean, that's a lot of pigs. You know, one, two, three, 2,000 piles of dead pigs. The people from the village come, 
And they see this man who is, who is, who is possessed, who is cutting himself, and now he is completely set free. Completely free. And then they look over this cliff and they see a pile of 2,000 dead pigs. Now here's a part of the story that's really hard to understand. They saw the pigs and they saw Jesus and they begged Jesus to leave. Jesus, leave our village. Please leave us. We don't want you here. Why? I mean, why did they do that? Well, I think the answer is obvious. They thought if Jesus stays in our village, we'll lose all our pigs. They loved pigs more than they loved Jesus. So the question for, for you and I tonight is, who do we love more? Pigs? Or Jesus? And I know what you're thinking. This is the most irrelevant message I've ever heard. I don't, I don't have a pig. I have a cat. But there are, there are different kinds of pigs. When God first called me into ministry, and I was in Amsterdam, and I was getting ready to meet somebody on the street that I talked to the day before to talk to him, you know, more about, about God. I'm walking down the street. I got this really strong thought in my head, go back to your room. And I couldn't get it out of my, out of my head. It was so strong. Go back to your room. So I didn't know why, but I, I went back to my room, and then I felt like God said, kneel by your bed. So I knelt by my bed. And I felt like God said to me, David, I want you to pray that you'll be willing to be single for the rest of your life. And I'm going, well, that'll be hard, Lord, for me. But if that's what you want with your help, uh, I, I'm willing to be single for the rest of my life. So I prayed that prayer with, with an honest heart. And then three days later, I met this girl. And I knew she was the girl that God had chosen for me. And I know some of you are going to try this later. <laughs> but how many friends do I have who have thrown away the amazing calling they have in their life because of bad relationships? You know, friends that I went to university with that had such dreams, you know, such ideas about what they were going to do for God, but because of bad relationships, they're the age I am now, living a life of regret. How many people are here tonight are going to throw away the amazing calling that God has on your life because of bad relationships? I'm telling you, you need to kill this. You need to get rid of this. You need to kill this pig before it kills you. You need to kill it. You know, so I'm in Amsterdam. And uh, it was really hard for me. You know, I, I'm, I was used to, to living in a place where there was lots of lakes and beautiful nature, and, and I'm very close to my family. I have a good relationship with my parents. And here I am in this really intense uh, neighborhood where we had to, you know, uh, teach our, our kids not to touch the needles uh, on the ground because of all the junkies in our neighborhood so they wouldn't get AIDS 
If they wanted to ride their bike, we had to drive them to a, a, a city park because there's no place for them to do that. And uh, sometimes it was so hard, and especially in the early days, I can remember I would be laying in my bed, and I would feel, I would feel loneliness like a, like a pain. But what if I would have said no to God? You know, God, I have to stay, I have to stay close to my family, and I have to be able to be, I need to be where there's nature, and I have to be where there's, where there's, there's lots of, of lakes and water activities, and you know, I have to, you know, you know what I need, Lord. I mean, or how many people do I know that go, yes, God, I want to follow you, but I got to have all these things set up first. You know, I want to, I need to make sure that I have good job security and I have a a good business to keep, you know, keep me sustainable and I got to have it all worked out and then I'm going to follow you. I mean, what if I would have said that to God? You know, what if I would not have been willing to leave my security, to leave my family that I loved to leave my country that I loved and go to this crazy city. Man, would I have thrown away the amazing life, the incredible life that God wanted to give me. How many people here tonight are going to throw away that life because you're not willing to give your security to Jesus? You have to kill this pig. You need to kill it before it kills you. So we're in Amsterdam and we had no money. And then we were able to get a job where we could clean someone's, uh, this doctor, he said we could clean his house. And we were so grateful to have this job where we could make some money so we could buy food. I, honestly, it was, we were so grateful. I thank God, God, thank you for this, this job, you know, so we could get some money and we could buy food and do, the, do what God was asking us to do. And then... Um, I would go back to the States and I'd see my friends who I went to university with and they'd be buying their houses and their cars and I'd go back with my wife Jody to our one-room apartment cleaning houses and I can remember saying to God one day, God, why did you have me go to university? Why did you waste my time and have me go to university if you want me to just clean houses? Why did you have my wife go to university? You know, if you just wanted us to clean houses. And I felt like God said to me, David, are you willing to clean houses for the rest of your life and live in this one-room apartment if that's what I'm asking you to do? How many people here tonight are going to throw away the amazing callings God has given you because of materialism? You're going to sacrifice everything to it. You're going to sacrifice your husband to it. You're going to sacrifice your wife to it. You're going to sacrifice your children to it. And one day you're going to be an old man or an old woman, and you're going to look at all the stuff that you've accumulated. And you're going to go, God, what have I done? What have I done with my life? Don't throw away the amazing life God wants to give you for things that are going to rot and be filled with rats. You have to kill this pig. I had this friend, he had the most amazing ministry, traveling the world, 
beautiful wife, amazing ministry. But he was playing around with pornography. And he was thinking, that's no big deal. You know, everybody's doing it. And today, his wife has left him. His ministry is completely destroyed. And his life is in ruins. How many people here tonight are going to sacrifice the amazing calling that God has in their life because of this? Kill it. You need to kill it. You know, there's, there's lots of pigs. But I think the worst one is pride. Pride. You know, if Jesus can set free someone who's cutting himself with stones, who's filled with thousands of demons, he can set me free. There's not anything in my life, there's no pig in my life that he can set me free from. Nothing. He, I mean, if he can set a guy like him, make him completely free and whole, he can do that for me. The only thing that keeps me from my freedom is pride. Caring more about what people think than what God thinks. And I think there are some pigs that need to die tonight. There's some pigs that, that need to go over the cliff. Because God is not calling us to survive. He's calling us to a life that is extraordinary, that's supernatural. He's calling us to make a difference in this world. And we don't want pigs, do we? We want Jesus. Right? And so if you feel... Um, convicted by what I'm saying, I think you should respond. You know, I think you should come up here, you know, with me, and we'll just say, Jesus, we don't want these, we don't want these pigs in our life. We want, we want you. And I want to, I want to, as an act of humility before my brothers and sisters tonight, I want to come up to the front of the church and say, I don't want this stuff in my life. I want you. Maybe it's something I talked about. Maybe it's something I didn't. But you know if God is speaking to you. And this is, not, this is for young and old. So, But if you feel convicted, you need to humble yourself and come up here to the front with me and kneel. And if you can't kneel, you can stand. But you need to respond. So just come.